0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett Martin. I am an alcoholic, and I am grateful for my career opportunities ahead of me. As of this recording, I am 234 days sober, and today we are welcoming a guest to share their experience, wisdom, and hope with you. Welcome to the show, Joe.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes,
0: and why don't I let you introduce yourself to the listeners a little bit with who you are?
1: Okay. All right. So, hi everybody. I'm Joe. I'm from um, I'm from the UK, but I've been in France for the last fifteen years. I am thirty seven. I'm just over two years sober, eight hundred and twenty days, I think, which is which is pretty cool. I am trans. I use she and they pronouns. Uh, my transness is intimately linked with my sobriety which I'm sure we will get into later. I work, I'm a trained and certified coach and business coach but I have been working primarily with either people trying to get sober or with already sober people on all of the shit that you get to see (laughs) once you've got sober and then you get to like work on staying sober and you know all of the stuff that we shine light
0: on yes well i'm excited to hear some of your sober coaching ideas and things with our listeners sure yes and what, what to get to know you better from there why don't you start by telling us a little bit about what your journey with alcohol and addiction was like
1: mm-hmm. so it was it was alcohol and cigarettes alcohol and nicotine i Thankfully I had the I I recognized that I had an addictive nature and very much indul, indulged in like, you know, addictive behaviors. And so apart from like the occasional joint at a party, the like anything harder than alcohol was was a definite no-no. I started drinking, I was probably 15, 15, maybe 16. My mum was kind of accident. Not entirely accidentally, but she was sober. She never drank at home. My parents are very divorced. And my dad and his partner who became his husband did drink and was like the life and soul of the party. And so that was where I started to drink alcohol. Like, you know, playing the adult at 15. And like, I can drink red wine with the adults and it's fresh and it's fine. And aren't I, you know, isn't this exciting? And aren't I grown up? And that just kind of carried on. It can, It carried on through I went to a special college like high school 16 to 18 where I finally found a community of people who liked me and so party party and then went on to university party 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 particularly in the UK like you know most of us move out and and stay there and so it was partying in clubs and in pubs and then when we were at home it was Let's have a bottle of wine or two. And, you know, it was always excessive, but also just on the right side of, like, acceptable, socially acceptable, particularly in the UK. And then I moved to France. I moved to Paris, age 22, and, like, partied my ass off. Partied my ass off in a... Supposedly sophisticated way, like it's fine. It doesn't matter if you're drinking nice wine. Um, it's not a problem as long as it's champagne, you know, and not that I ever really drank champagne. But Yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of partying in Paris. I lived there for eight years and then I moved down to Lyon. So I'm in the, a lot closer to the South now. And that was kind of where things got problematic. I was teaching English. I was teaching like, I had a 40 hour face-to-face teaching contract, which you know meant at least 40 hours on top of that of pre- preparation correction. And so how did I recover from all of that stressful work by drinking more and more with friends when they were available, but they weren't always available so then I was drinking more and more by myself and it was just that ridiculous cycle of the pressure is mounting. So let's drink more to cope with the pressure. And then the the more you drink, the more (laughs) pressure you feel. And like, you know, working that much in order to pay for my lifestyle, which was the lifestyle that I kind of needed in order to cope with how much I was working. Like, and it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't working in the end. And I, like, I did more than flirt with burnout. It got, (laughs) we got to know each other intimately. And so I you know thank you france socialism i was able to step away from teaching take a break and then retrain as a coach all the while still drinking i did you know i did a fuck ton of therapies trained as a coach the week after i got certified as a coach i saw this advert for have you heard of one year no beer Has it made it over to to you
0: might have I, i'm not familiar with it but yeah it's, I, I can guess what I mean, it is know,
1: <laughs> yeah just <laughs> what it says on the tin and they're very good like their marketing people are impressive devils you know they must have some kind of google track on who checks out that funny pain at three o'clock in the morning um, i'm like am i an alcoholic if i um, type google searches because they were like Why don't you take 28 days off? Why don't you just do this four-week break? And I was like, I don't know if I could do four weeks without booze. And that in itself is telling, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if I don't think that I could live for four four weeks without it, it's probably a sign that I should. And so I signed up there and then to have four weeks off the booze and haven't looked back since. That was, yeah, that was just under 800 days ago
0: that's excellent well congratulations on that yes. length of sobriety that's amazing thank you. Um, it's amazing how 30 days will turn into years when you're taking it a day at a time
1: i know i know, I know. yeah
0: yeah so imagine for a moment that you came face to face with your past self where you when you were in your like active throes of your addiction what um, would you tell that past self that it doesn't have to
1: be like this mm-hmm. that it doesn't it doesn't have to be that Hollywood rock bottom of whiskey on your cornflakes in order to, to stop it. And that like not to wait, I think. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I tell them both with coming out as trans and with stopping, moving away from the booze. Yeah.
0: yeah and, and speaking of your, your transness, how do you mm-hmm. feel like your gender identity and your sexuality played a role in your addiction?
1: So, I mean my family, not to go into too much detail, but we have like a super queer family mm-hmm. without without many of the benefits of having a super queer family. <laughs> like my parents are of, you know, they were born in the in the 40s and the 50s in the UK, like being gay, having gay sex, particularly for men, was like hella illegal. They had a completely different world that they grew up in and I think projected a lot onto me and my sister and whether you know whether they did or didn't like my sister and I both kind of picked up on a lot of that and I think I always felt I always felt uncomfortable there was always some level of discomfort within the family within like I went to an old boys school until I was 16 and I was like what is it is it just the fact that I'm gay no it's not there's something deeper that makes me feel so much not in in the right place and yeah I think the first the first couple of glasses of wine I was like oh this comfort is nice Mm like this kind of wasn't even necessarily the buzz like I, I never used no I did I, I would sometimes get like silly excited when I was drunk, but it was often just like, you know, the the feeling of sinking sinking into a big armchair and just like that that comfort and that kind of like blurriness was a real reprieve from the rest of life. And so that was like yeah, from, from the get-go. Identifying, you know, at that point, I identified as gay. And since then, even then, like, even within the gay community, I was like, why don't I feel right? <laughs> like, why am I not identifying with these guys? Why am I not, you know, what what is it? And I had, I had big old suspicions as to what it was, but kind of didn't want to, I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to add... Oh, also, by the way, like, not only do I live in a foreign country and not only am I gay and not giving you grandchildren in that way, but also I'm trans. Like, I didn't want to add that to my, to my mom until, until I got sober and somebody asked me if I was trans. And I was like, I either lie and have to go back to drinking. I have to say, no, I'm not trans. But the only way that I can cope with that is by, you know, modifying my brain. Or I say, yes, I'm like explode the world so that's that's what I did
0: and what has that been like now like as coming out with your recovery have they played a role together
1: yeah definitely I mean it was I was less than two months sober when this guy and it was on one year of beer he was it was Christmas day and I was doing like some like I was there for the people who were struggling trying to support them online and he was like you know, are you a slur word for trans? And mm. it was like, oh, we don't say that word. I'm prepared <laughs> to, you know, block and move on. And he was like, okay, I'm really sorry. What word do we use? And I was like, oh, okay, teachable moment. <laughs> we mm. use transgender. And then it was like, okay, thank you. Are you transgender? And I was like, fuck, yes. Like, yes, yes, I am. I literally within a week. So I was 35 and within a week, of that, like, by, by New Year's Day, i told everyone. I was like, fuck it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, this I've waited for Longina and kind of blurred the lines for Longina. And now, you know, sober clarity is a particular form of clarity. Like, it's particularly powerful. And so how they've interacted ever since then is that, In order to protect my sobriety, I need to live as myself. I need to be out as myself. So that's, you know, huge. That changes every single part of my life, pretty much. And, yeah, being... Yeah, I don't know. Being trans and sober. I mean, you know, there's a Facebook group. I think there's a couple of hundred people on there um, of the trans people who are also sober. Um, But like, it's... Yeah, it's not an easy path always. No,
0: I I can imagine it being difficult. I know that, Mm -hmm. you know, even like the whole gay and sober thing, it was something that, you know, there's not a lot like locally, even like my part of Florida, it very much has become Mm -hmm. like an online community because we're all so spread out and we're all everywhere. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, what have some of the positive changes been in your life now that you're sober and living your kind of authentic life?
1: I'd say the clarity, the clarity is definitely one of them. I know, I know who I am and I know what works for me. I know how to listen to my body. I know, yeah, I I know how to respect what's going on. Like having been through, having been through burnout, having got infected in like April, 2020 with COVID and had long COVID relapses and flare ups, ever since like the listening to my body has become even more important now to you know to reduce those those flare-ups and reduce you know stress (laughs) my body kind of freaking out and definitely being being alcohol free has super helped with that so yeah I'd say there is it's the element of clarity the connection with people I've lost a lot of friends, some through my choice, some through not my choice. Um, I mean, it's all obviously it's combined with the pandemic as well, right? Like I, you know, got sober, came out as trans. <laughs> pandemic started, and then I got COVID. It was like boom, 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 and so everything is definitely kind of intermingled on that level. But the yeah, the connections, the the contacts that I've made online. I mean, all of my work is online all of a lot of my support comes from online. It comes from the spaces that, that I've made. It comes from from the spaces that I've joined and all of that is through, you know, through being sober and being interested in sobriety and and in everything that can come from it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, speaking of, you know, working with, or talking with people about their sobriety, what Mm -hmm. does working with a sober coach look like and how does that work?
1: So it really it depends on the person. It's always a you know it's an individual package, and it would depend on what what kind of stage the person's at in terms of their active addiction. What has brought them there? Like I need to be very clear with the people that I'm working with that I'm not a therapist, right? Like I'm not. I've done a lot of therapy, so I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable to some extent talking in you know around those things, but I often when when people are coming and they also have like you know big trauma or big like have struggled with specific elements of their of their life of their upbringing, I'll say to them like I'm happy to talk about this as long as you're also talking to a therapist about it just to make sure that there's you know there's that background but essentially it'll be figuring out what the person wants to to get to you know what stage like do you want full sobriety do you want to be you know, the quote unquote moderator group, what have your blockages been? What has, you know, what stopped you from from doing it in the past? What is stopping you at the moment from doing it? And how, you know, how can I support you? So there's going to be some people who I'll talk to every day. not Not necessarily on the phone, but, you know, message, check in with them every day. That's quite common in the early days, like in the first two, three months. And then after that, it will often be like maintenance, maintenance work. And or, you know, so many people get to like 100 days and then they're like, I'm trans or I need to divorce my husband or this job sucks or why do I live in this place? And it's like, okay, how do we navigate this in the most in the most healthy way for you?
0: Yeah. And I I can agree. Like I can identify with that a lot because part of my intro with saying like, I'm happy for my new career opportunities is like, I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. eight months sober now, pretty much. But like I, in the past month, like put in my notice, I'm starting a new job. That's going to be like a little healthier, (laughs) better work-life balance. and Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? We don't get sober for nothing. Like we don't get sober just because alcohol sucks. Like it does. So, but it's also everything else. It's all the other parts of our life that it, you know, that it was either clouding our vision of or that it itself was, was affecting. That's so great. Good for you. Oh, well done. Thank you.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I know that every person needs to hear like a little bit of a different advice, but if for like someone mm-hmm. who is walking into like a meeting or reaching out to you the first time, because they're sober curious yeah. or, Freshly sober, what's like one piece of advice you always give kind of everyone across the board?
1: Everyone across the board, I think there are very few people who celebrate themselves enough. I think no matter what your accomplishment is, there have been, you know, particularly in the early in the early days of my journey and of other people's journeys, there have definitely been days where the only accomplishment, again, quote, unquote, was to not drink or to not use that day mm-hmm. like that is still 100 worth celebrating because it's those it's celebrating with the people who are going to build you up for that right and yeah. oftentimes that's not the the people that you used to hang around right <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily going to be family You know, your your kids, your partner, your parents aren't going to be like, oh, congratulations, you've done three days of that alcohol. Let me tell you about when I did a month. It's like, no, you've done three days. That's amazing. Take yourself out. On a date, buy yourself a fucking birthday cake and eat it. Like, do have a bath, write yourself a congratulations letter, buy a tree, donate to Planned Parenthood, like, do something to celebrate every single achievement because the knocks are gonna come and the hard days are gonna come. And I think if you celebrate the shit out of all of the good days, and good can, you know, mean just like not drinking on one day. that it is yeah that would be i think that's my overriding piece of advice yeah
0: and i i love that i know that yeah, you know, i especially like when i first got sober i was very much like very kind to myself like even with like not drinking mm. for the day or i was like yes. i had an argument with someone and i didn't drink or like i yeah. did this and i didn't drink and yeah it just, and just, it's
1: just huge yeah
0: and, and you're right that like a lot of times people that aren't in like the program or aren't in recovery, don't understand like how big that is where We're like after 90 days, I'm like, you know, I didn't drink today. And, you know, yeah. even, even when my husband was like, yeah. And you haven't the past 89. I'm like, yeah, but today yeah. was like, I didn't drink today. And you know, yes. I go into the rooms and say yeah. that and everyone's like,
1: yay. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, community, whether you find it with an AA, NA, Like, or any of the other online spaces and or any of the other online spaces. That's, yeah, that's what we need.
0: Yeah. And speaking of all of those, like, online spaces, we typically Mm -hmm. love our traditions, steps and sayings. Do you have a, a favorite mantra that you try and live by?
1: I do. I wrote it down and I tried to turn it into a mantra and I can't or I don't think I can. No, but the thing, the thing for me, so I like the every morning I will try to consciously say, okay, not today. Not today, Satan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bring out my Bianca Del Rio. And kind of imagine sometimes I do the visualization, not, not very often now, but like, you know, a bubble of protection or something. But for 24 hours, like I will commit every morning that for the next 24 hours, I'm not going to drink. Yeah. But my rule is if I wake up tomorrow morning wishing that I had drunk today or tonight, then tomorrow night I can have whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Like, I will buy the first drink. If I wake up regretting a choice to stay sober, the next day I can have whatever I want. Um, Because I'm quite, I think a lot of us, like, find that within ourselves, like, a fairly strong rebellious streak. Mm -hmm. If I say to myself, never again, I'm, like, you know, if I say that on day 820, I'm never going to drink again. Day 100. Day 821, you know, I'm going to have the biggest craving of my life. Or I, you know, that's how I feel about it anyway. So like, I don't think I'm ever going to drink again. I don't want to ever drink again. But having that kind of get out clause of if I regret sobriety, I can go back to booze. That, you know, it's worked for the last 820 days. (laughs) I'm hoping it's going to work for the next.
0: Sobriety is beautiful enough. I can't imagine regretting it at this point. It's become a habit. Yeah, Yeah. Excellent. And, you know, since you are recovering out loud on Instagram, that's where I found you. Do you want to share your at so that listeners can find you when they want more Joe?
1: Yeah, sure. So I I have two, although one's been on hiatus for like seven months. Um, So I don't know if we can say that I, that I actually have two. It's been, it's been a hard year, like family wise. So Mm -hmm. I've, you know, that clarity said, "Uh -uh, close this one down for a bit. The, The main professional one is the sober coach. So with the ZE, a ZE uh, sober coach on Instagram, that's the one that's closed down, and the one that's closed up for now, and the one uh, that I use the most is just Joe Walduck, J O W A L D U C K, on Instagram on Facebook. Very open to friend requests, just not from crazy guys who pretend that they're in the army. Okay, I don't think they're real.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say I I can't imagine guys in the army. <laughs> you know i mean who knows maybe i have a listener there who's like feels very personally attacked by that but i don't think that that's my main target demographic
1: <laughs> if if there is a guy in the army who is like genuinely the army and genuinely excited to talk to me then fantastic um but if it's the guy who just appears to like make nine different instagram and facebook profiles a day and like yeah, yeah not so much me with messages saying hello yeah okay no, thank
0: Sounds you. good. Yes, well, yes. thank you so much, Joe, for being on. It was a pleasure talking it's with my you. My
1: pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, and thank you, listeners, for listening to another episode of Gay A. Please make sure you rate and review if you found this information helpful. Five-star ratings, especially on Apple Podcasts, would help other people find us. And if you're interested in sharing your story like Joe here, getting involved with the show, or just saying hi, I'm always an email away at gayapodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us wherever you're listening. So you get new episodes when they come out every Monday and Thursday and until next time stay sober friends.